0: The opinions expressed in the following video are not in their entirety endorsed by this podcast. They are instead the focus of our discussion today. This is your content warning. Just because a song mentions God does not mean it's a worship song. There are so many
1: songs that I hear that talk about God, but it just turns around and puts the focus back on us. Jaira, you are enough, so I am enough. You're a good, good father. That's who you are. And I'm loved by you. So that's who I am. We are not the subject of a worship song. We are not the focus of a worship song. A worship song should be talking about or to God in a way that glorifies him for who he is and what he's done, not just what he can do for us. It doesn't mean they're bad songs. It means they should not be done in a worship service, even if it makes you cry.
0: All right, Joshua, fill in the blank. It is my biggest pet peeve when we sing blank at church. I'm not going to make Carter answer because I already know his answer.
1: <laughs> your biggest pet peeve?
0: Yeah, your like your biggest pet peeve. Like fill in the blank. It is your biggest pet peeve oh, when we okay. sing blank at church.
1: I thought you were asking me like what your biggest pet peeve was. No, I'll I was tell like, you I don't mine.
0: Know. No, I'll t- I'll tell you mine in a minute because um, oh, I've man. got one.
1: That is. Oh, oh, that's hard. I have so many pet peeves when it comes to singing. The fact know. that you
0: actually do it, is that one of them? Because um, that's not no, I, my pet peeve, but I feel like most people get into that camp where they just don't like to sing. I like singing. Yeah, I, do. I like singing. It's the best.
1: Um, okay, my biggest pet peeve. Oh, this is going to sound so horrible. I hope I don't get fired. When song leaders don't know what they're doing.
0: I can understand that. I can understand that. Um, I know Carter's though, but I Carter. I want so Carter. Your biggest pet peeve is when you when, when we sing blank in worship or when we do blank during singing. What is it?
2: Uh, whatever song we sang on July Fourth last summer.
0: I knew that was going to be the case. Uh The fill in the blank for Carter, by the way, is "My Country Tis of Thee." If you that sing one. "My Country Tis that of one. Thee." in worship that is carter's so are biggest... you asking what song is your pick yeah like what what song is your biggest pet peeve? like when we sing blank okay. in worship what okay. is okay my bad so Carter, i misunderstood Carter, yeah, carter's is my country tis-tis-tis. we've had that conversation at length all right um I, I knew that one going in what's yours just out of curiosity right, no, you have, have a song I have, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I have two? yeah i have two straight off
1: the bat not with Ebon pinion because <laughs> no one has a clue what that is <laughs>
0: That's true. And uh, Fair enough.
1: what's what's the one that was the old Civil War song? Um, uh, like oh, Glory, the, Glory, Hallelujah.
0: Yeah, My Eyes Have Seen the... Yeah,
1: My Eyes Have Seen the Glory of the Coming of the Lord, whatever. Yeah, yeah I hate that song. Mm. It's a beautiful song. The lyrics are great. It's just it was used as a Civil War song and right. overly
0: politicized. And, and all things from the Civil War should be banned forever. Well, um, yeah, sure. don't
1: start <laughs> I, I, us off on that. <laughs>
0: no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, mine, for anybody that cares, mine is um, There's an Eye Watching You. Um, I hated that song as a kid. I thought it was creepy. Um, I kept looking into the balcony every time we sang that song because all I could picture was this giant eyeball. Um, I'd I have to can go back and read. say,
1: I don't know that yeah, song. Well, see,
0: I'd have to go back. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Man, I feel bad for y'all. Um yeah, no, it's it's there's a there's an eye watching you. Go go I guarantee you it's in it's gotta be in at least one of your songbooks. Um but there's an eye watching you. Every time we sang it, I could just picture this giant eyeball staring at me and I hated it, and it was the creepiest thing ever, on top of the fact that I'd have to go back and re like reevaluate the lyrics. But I don't like the idea of it, right? Like you better be on your best behavior because there's an eye watching you. Like I feel like you kind of missed the point of your relationship with God when you sing that. But Well we do the same thing with Santa Claus. Santa Claus. Oh, yeah, he, but Santa he, Claus is, he, he, real, is man. When you're sleeping, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we all want presents. We like good things from Santa Claus. How that was a creepy thing anyway, without getting down too far of a rabbit That's just creepy that there's some fat dude's gonna break in my house and give me candy. Um I'm you cool know, with it. it I'm like, down. You are, but like if that guy's out on the road in a van, we think it's creepy. He, yeah, this guy, guy has deer to, to fly. That's true. Um, so it look, we're getting really weird right off the bat. We've had, our, we've
1: had four cups of coffee by this point. <laughs> oh my goodness.
0: Go. this is this is how many monsters deep are you right now, Carter? Just one, just one. Just one. I'm proud of you. Man. I mean, it's still to
2: catch up. It's only 12 where I'm at, so I still got time.
0: That's true. It's still early for cool. Carter. Uh, well, guys, welcome back. To the content warning podcast, right? A Bible Meets Culture podcast where we break down biblical content versus modern theology. Uh, we have a fun topic as always. I'm Nathan, that's Joshua, and our guest with us today, a uh, good friend of mine, Carter Milam. I say good friend, he's just an acquaintance now. He was a good friend because Carter worked with me for a while and gave it all up to move to Phoenix, Arizona, He's now the, are you the youth minister official? Is that your official title? Uh, youth and
2: family, technically.
0: Youth and family minister yeah. uh, at the Canyon Church of Christ in Phoenix, Arizona. It is just 12 o'clock where he is. I'm sure the weather is gorgeous. Although it's finally here in, in West Tennessee, it's finally starting to feel a little bit like fall. Uh, and I'm, I'm super thankful for that fall doesn't happen in Phoenix. They get a week no, we got like another where it month. snows relentlessly. Yeah. Um, and then it goes back to summer. So it, it's weird out there. But Carter, thank you so much for being on for us, man. Uh, great to see you again. And uh, we started with that question because we're going to break down this video that you either just watched or saw or heard. Watched or saw. That's the same thing. Whether you either saw or heard it. Like that right?
2: Direct. That's another That's pet peeve for me. A-
0: Dude, <laughs> oh man, guide, guard, direct. Uh, what is the the exhort, uh, exhort, encourage, and admonish? Like those are all three the same thing, but whatever. Uh, but the video that you just saw or heard deals with this topic. That uh, regardless of what faith tradition you're in, regardless of where you're listening to this, uh, what you consider yourself spiritually, where you are in that particular journey worship is such a big part of your life as a christian and part of worship is singing and again we we could go on a huge sidebar for this for for a long time whether or not you love singing or you hate singing it's part of worship right there's not ever going to be a faith tradition that you can find that singing or music of any kind is not part of uh, of that worship of that interaction with god and this guy Uh, who goes by the TikTok handle John the Angel, uh, pretty confident of him. Um, I'm not convinced he's actually an angel, but I could be wrong. Uh, But John the Angel makes the comment that worship songs that put the focus on us, uh, however you choose to define that, have no business being in worship in any way form, or fashion uh joshua what are your what are your first impressions of this particular video because i'll be honest i had kind of mixed feelings when i when i heard this guy the first time so give me your give me your first impressions here
1: yeah i did too um to be completely honest my wife and i were riding to work this morning and she she asked me what's your podcast going to be on today and i told her and i didn't let her see the video because i was driving and that would have been irresponsible of me but uh we uh, I, I told her what we were going to talk about and she was like, well, what's your opinion? I'm like, I don't I don't really know yet, because when you when you listen to the video, it, it sounds like a good principle. It sounds like a very Christianly thing to say, like because and, and I will be the first one to to say privately or publicly in the pulpit when you are worshiping, it's not about you. Right. It's not that it's your sacrifice of praise that you can give to the Lord. It is directed to Him. It is our offering to Him uh, of our own of our own souls and our own bodies in that way. And it's to be a pleasing sacrifice of praise to Him. Um, however, there is also something to be said that psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs are to encourage and exhort to be alliterative again each other. And I think there are some songs that are designed to That we sing to one another, for example, like in our tradition, the the typical case is the invitation song, right? The the invitation song, if I sing, oh, why not tonight? That has nothing to do necessarily with, you know, praising God, God, but I'm in song, which we don't think about the lyrics, unfortunately, most of the time, but in song, I'm telling the person beside me, if you need to become a Christian or if you need to get right with the Lord, why are you waiting? Right. You know, doing that in, in what I would consider beautiful poetry and, and music. Um, so I think that what this person's issue really comes down to is singing songs that are empty theology, which I would certainly agree with. If, if, if there's no theology or empty theology in the song, we probably should avoid it. But maybe we can talk about this a little bit later. But I think the challenge is on our song leaders and our worship leaders to actually know what they're doing and to evaluate the songs before they get up there and, uh, and sing and to not just sing songs because, well, this one sounds fun or we like this one, or this is the most requested song or we haven't sang our God. He is alive in a couple of weeks.
0: You know what I mean? So no, I get that. Uh, I get that for sure. Um, It's actually, uh, Oh, you made a comment there and I had a train of thought and I lost it. Um, Anyway, all right, so without having this big, long, dramatic pause, Carter, I want to get your take on this, too. What were, what were your initial thoughts about this?
2: Uh, I mean, I, pretty much what Joshua just said. The, his problem doesn't seem to be with specific songs as it is empty theology, like Joshua was saying, um, yeah. which, again, I would totally agree with when you stay away from songs that don't have that backing in Scripture that like we should totally have those. But I think he's missing the point as well that, part of following God is not to make anything about us. It's not about us, but part of following God is our redemption is our salvation. Um, and like, there are plenty of worship songs that like good grace, for example, uh, starts off by talking about um, like our struggle. And then it, at the end, it like culminates in just pointing everything to God, pointing everything to heaven. So I think both things are important to keep in mind. It's just, I think he's right in the sense that we have to maintain the focus on God, um, but that doesn't right. mean we can't involve our own stories or our own examples.
0: Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. Um, like I said, without without trying to sound like a broken record, I do think he's kind of to the point where we are not the object of worship, right? We're never the object of worship. And when I first heard this, um, like I said, my, my initial reaction was really mixed because my first thing was like, yeah, I get it. We're not the object of worship, but... Like, or is there not like a better, something better for you to argue about? Like, do we really, is this where the hill we're going to die on? Like, can we not just suck it up and sing songs and not have to, um, you know, worry about all, all the pettiness? But, it, I mean, it's true, right? We all have those songs that we like. We all have those songs that, that we don't like um, for whatever plethora of reason that it is. Um, one of the things, this, this is my trying of thought from earlier. One of the big pet peeves that I have is when we sing a song that's like a super depressing song. But for some reason, it's written in like this really upbeat text. Tempo that we feel the need to like make happy and joyful. And it's like, this doesn't match. I don't understand what this is. Um, I do think there needs to be thought that goes into the things that we sing. Um, I guess my biggest problem with this particular video, um, and we'll hit on this, kind of what you say, Carter, in just a little bit, because I do think that there's a, a key here that I think he's leaving out. But one of my biggest things with this is that when he says that a a worship song or or a song about God does not automatically make it a worship song, right? I don't have a problem with that statement. I can kind of agree with that statement. Um, But I think the way that he defines a worship song excludes a large part about what worship is and a large part about what our Christian identity is. And so if you're going to make the end-all be-all statement that a worship song or something is not a worship song and has no place in worship, Where does that leave us when it comes to our worship? Does that mean I'm worshiping as long as I'm singing appropriate songs and then I quit worshiping when I'm not and then I'm re-worshiping when I am? And am I having this like start-stop mentality to my worship throughout the – and so for for those of you that are listening that don't understand, no, I I would assume that 99% of our audience understands what we're talking about. We're talking about worship. Um, We are talking about – at least I am. um, You guys can feel free to define your own terms. Um, I am talking about like your corporate worship service, right? That includes the one act of worship that are made up of the five different concepts that we refer to, in my opinion, incorrectly as the acts of worship. We won't get into that. Um, but that corporate worship setting where you're singing and praying and, and giving in are uh, giving and being in communion with God and others and, and so on and so forth. Right. We're not talking about how, you know, you listen to Caleb driving down the road today. Um, or or something along those lines. Although everything that we do and say should point to God, which I think is, again, something that he doesn't necessarily hit in this video. I watched several other of his videos, by the way, Um, and he does talk about that in another video, that Christians, everything we do and say ought to point to God so that our life is supposed to be a living praise to God, which there's biblical merit for that. But when you talk about how you have a very specific set or a very specific standard for what a worship song is allowed to be. Now you start getting into what is and isn't and what does and doesn't validate my worship. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's being super confusing.
1: No, I, I think you're, I think you're onto something there. You know, I, I, I think about what, what a worship song actually like is and should be, which is, it seems to me that's what his whole, Right the problem is you know what what is and isn't and um i i do think that we in the time because the three of us i mean i'm older than than you two i i don't think i'm necessarily like old per se i hope not but uh
0: middle age alternative the only, alternative, the only
1: alternative to getting old is dying young so i don't want to <laughs> do that either but there there's a I don't know, maybe a trend or a push. I think in in uh, churches now, to where we are need people say, well, if we're going to get people and keep people, we need to be incorporating some mm-hmm. some other things. Typically, the first step, at least in my experience, is we start incorporating what we might call new songs, and those <laughs> new songs were written in like you know nineteen eighties or seventies, yeah. 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 So. But and, you know, some of those new songs are just scripture set to music mm-hmm. and they're beautiful and, and that's well and good. I had someone years ago uh, complain about singing a new song. I don't remember which one it was, but they was what about the about new it. song?
0: Does that count?
1: The new song the is new not song. a bad song. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> it was the song that this person was complaining about was just scripture set to music. Right. And I was like, well, that's that's, you know, scripture and we're, we're just singing scripture. But so people have problems with that because it's new, but we don't have problems typically in our tradition when we sing songs about the rapture, you know what I mean? Like how right. many songs in our songbook that we sing every Sunday have the word rapture in it from like a pre-millennialist point of view. Right. You know, so here we are may- maybe, you know, we talked about empty theology, we can also be guilty of singing bad theology.
0: That's true. That comment may have just made some folks mad. <laughs> but no, I mean it, it opens up a, a whole nother I'm not gonna say can of worms or, or possibilities or whatever, but it, it does bring up a, a good point. Does my worship stop just because I stopped mentioning God? Right? And I know that sound again, like at face value, that's well, yeah, if God's nowhere to be found in your worship, then then that doesn't mean that, like, you know, of course you're not worshiping, but it's the, it's the physical mentioning of God, right? Um, the song Amazing Grace uh, does not have God's name in it in any way, or form, or fashion um, at, in fact, what was it? Uh, when we've been there 10,000 years, that honestly kind of borderlines onto putting the emphasis on us when we've been there. Right. And again, part of when we've been there 10,000 years, there's a little bit of that, you know, questionable theology that kind of floats in or, or sets in there. Um, now we, we all kind of know, uh, grew up in the church that that's referring to the grace of God. Right. Um, when I survey the wondrous cross, uh, we know what that points to, but it doesn't directly acknowledge God. So does my worship stop just because I'm no longer mentioning physically God, right? When I'm listening to a sermon on Peter, does I, I, did my worship stop because I'm focused on Peter as opposed to God, right? So like, again, I don't think the heart of this issue is wrong with this guy saying I think that it just becomes really dangerous. I guess is the, the word I want to use when you start drawing these really concrete lines that said you can't cross here and you can't cross here. But we don't take that and apply it to other areas where, you know, we wouldn't make that same argument in other aspects of of worship. Right. So no, um, I'll let you guys run with that if you want to.
2: Well, I I think when you're talking about those concrete lines that you were just mentioning, Mm -hmm. uh, we got to remember worship isn't necessarily not supposed to be taken literal at all times. Um, Worship is also poetry um, written. And like we pull psalms for worship music all the time. Um, So a lot of that isn't supposed to be, you know, I I don't want to say not supposed to be exact theology, but it's not supposed to be taken as literal word for word, if that makes sense. Um, So I think that's another important distinction to bring out that worship doesn't have to be like, we have to read worship music almost like read the Bible, read it literally instead of uh, literally, if that makes sense. Like we have to understand the context of what we're talking about.
1: Yeah. Our uh, other preacher here at Salem Creek has said several times, and I I think he's right about this. I I pray this never happens, but you know he says if, if all the Bibles in the world just ceased to exist one day, if you woke up and there was not a Bible at all, what would be, what would contain the greatest collection of theological truth? And I think he's right. He says it would be the Psalm Book, and I, I think there's a lot to be said about that. You know, you can uh, we we ask like, and I think this this would be the question that I would ask the the guy in the video if he were here with us like what, what do you want a worship song to do? What do you yeah. want it? And if I think first and foremost, we want our, our songs and our singing to be praise. I think we would all agree with that. And that's where, where he is, I think too, but does it stop there? And, and does it have to stop there? So mm-hmm. there are, there are two others that I would include in this, that maybe you guys would probably add some more um, and maybe I would add some more too. But, you know, we want it first and foremost to praise, but number two, we want to encourage with our singing. Um, I told Nathan earlier, Carter, we're having a gospel meeting here this week and um, this, you know, gospel meetings typically, unfortunately are not well attended like they used to be. Um, And sometimes a, a rather large congregation can have a bad attendance or a small attendance for gospel meeting. But man, we've been blessed this past week. We have had a great attendance. We've had excellent singing and we have left feeling encouraged and edified because of the singing. Like there have been times where, you know, I love the sermons and I love the, the preaching, but I kind of was like, man, I kind of wish we would just have a good singing night yeah. right now. Cause it's so good. So we want to praise. We want to encourage, but number three, Songs teach. And so when we have our our little kids and we try to teach them the ABCs, what do we do? We don't make them memorize it on paper. We teach them the song, right? Um, And Jesus loves me or Jesus loves the little children or the wise man built his house on the rock. Like those are all songs designed to teach a biblical truth and designed to teach scripture. So I think, and like I said, you guys I'm sure would have other you know criteria as well. But for me, if I'm looking at a worship song or somebody says, well, what do you think of about this song? I would say, well, does it do those three things effectively? Yeah. Um, can it be used for praise? Can it be used to encourage somebody? And can it be used to teach somebody a truth about the Lord or about scripture? Yeah.
0: So, and I think that you make a good point there, Joshua, because he, he does define what he think, what he's defining as a worship song, right? So a worship song for him these are his words uh, taken taken from the captioning of this video, right? The, the words that he says is a worship song should be talking about or to God in a way that glorifies him for who he is and what he has done, not just what he can do for us. Right. So I think he hits the nail on the head right there. Right. I think he definitely, I think definitely when you talk, that's the praise aspect of that. Right. Yeah. The what you're talking about when you're talking to or about a God and what he's done, uh, what he can do, um, who he is, praising him is that that's absolutely part of what worship is. I think where this guy or John the Angel falls short is those other two that you were just talking about. Right. The encouraging of one another. Um, you we very rarely talk about songs that are uh, a call to action. Mm. Um, we very rarely talk about songs that, like you said, are teaching songs that we use. Um, and so, again, I have no problem with what his definition is to an extent for what a worship song is as far as what a praise song to God should be, right? Um, but I think that you can worship adequately and in some cases better if you incorporate the teaching and the call to action, the exhorting and and those other type of songs as well.
1: Yeah. You, you look in the scriptures about what scripture says about songs. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I hope this isn't controversial, but everything, all, all the, um, the evidence that we have points to suggest that the early church invented singing as a form of worship. I know a lot of people would say that it started in the synagogues or it even started in the temple. There is record in the Old Testament of Levitical singers, which are priestly singers singing. Like monk chants. Do what?
0: Like monk chants.
1: Well, you know, whatever ancient (laughs) Hebrew singing would have sounded like. Would have sounded like monk chants. I'm just saying. I I guess so. Well, they're singing in Latin, but whatever. I'm just saying. Well... (laughs) all to say (laughs) that the the evidence suggests that the early church actually invented corporate singing as a form of worship. And that, you know, there's, there's no evidence to suggest that singing was in the synagogue at all. Uh, There's no evidence to suggest that singing was outside the temple or was inside the temple other than the Levitical singers. But you do have a few songs in the old Testament and I'm not talking about the Psalms. right? That's a whole nother can of worms that, Maybe we don't need to get into now, but you two, two in particular, you have uh, Exodus fifteen, the song of Moses after they cross the Red Sea, which praises God for who He is, but it also praises God for what He's done for them, <laughs> and, right? And the, the action that He's caused for them, and then you have the song of Deborah in Judges five. And if you ever want to see a crazy, it's um, just odd song of praise. Uh, Judges five would be it. You get the story in Judges four, and then the song in Judges five. But it's it, it again. It's praising God for what God has done in the situation for them. Right. And both of these are basically songs of military victory uh, that God fought the battle rather than than them. But you know, it's 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 just interesting to read over these, and then you go to the New Testament, and I don't I I don't know. No one can really prove it. We just have really strong opinions about it. But like Philippians chapter two, for example, right. the, the Jesus was made or, or he w- emptied himself and came to earth and God exalted him and all that. So, uh, scholars typically believe that that is an early Christian hymn that Paul's quoting. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it is, it's all about the exaltation of Jesus, but it's also right. a teaching song because it's teaching people that Jesus left and, and he emptied his div- divine nature and became a human. And you're basically telling the gospel in 10 seconds of a song. Right. If, it is a, if it is a song. So, you know, I, I, I guess, long story longer, I have to disagree with the definition because the Bible seems to disagree with the definition with its own songs of praise in both Old yeah. and New Testaments.
0: Well, especially, and then, like you said, without getting into it, especially when you start going through a lot of the Psalms that David wrote, right? Mm-hmm. Like, now, don't get me wrong. A lot of the psalms that now here here's the here's the other caveat to that right. A lot of the psalms that David wrote, he was the focus, um, but he wasn't the focus in a praise way. He was the focus on a hey, look at how terrible of a person I am, right? But we don't want we we don't discredit David writing the psalms because a lot of that stuff is gorgeous and and is really good theology honestly but uh, we we don't talk a lot about the fact that David was the subject of probably I don't I don't have it in front of me so don't don't take me for this but probably the majority of his Psalms David was the focus or at at, at the very least was included in Psalms that he wrote to and for God right or about himself um
1: Yeah there there's a we'll go and if you want to go to the psalm which Okay, so I have probably a minority view, and that is that I don't think the Psalms were used as a song book. I don't think it was a worship manual for Israel. I don't think it was a worship manual for the early church. I think it was used as inspired scripture. Uh, Typically in the New Testament, it's used as proof text to prove the Messiahship of Jesus, which is fine, because they're inspired and we're not, so they can do that, and we can't. But but you go to like Psalm 1. The very first psalm. If you mm-hmm. want to say that it is a song written for the purpose of worship, which I would not say that, but if somebody did, Psalm one is all about a person. Right, it's about the one who is blessed that walks in the way of the Lord and doesn't walk in the path of the wicked. That's very much person centered. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't I don't see how you can take the personal out of worship. I understand our worship is directed to God and offered to God, and that needs to be, I think, one of the main focuses. But because you know, I used to be in the camp that was like, "Well, if you uh, if you're worried in in church about you know not getting anything out of church, well, your heart just isn't right." Mm-hmm. W- worship, while we give it to God, is also reciprocal.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, you should be blessed from having worshipped. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Well, I think um, I think that's
2: the biggest one of the biggest themes in the New Testament. That's the biggest shift from from worshiping God in the Old Testament is that um, I think it's Colossians three sixteen talks about um, that exact thing that you're talking about. Building each other up is now a big focus of worship. It's not. I mean, of course, God is the focus, but part of that is building each other up. So I think you're perfectly right on with that point.
1: Yeah, Colossians three sixteen, Ephesians uh, five 9, 10, nineteen, and then Hebrews ten whatever that verse. Yeah, you know, the, the not forsaking the assembly 1030, 31 something yeah. like that. Um, but the COVID, if you keep the reading, COVID verse. yeah. But if you keep reading, it says why we're not supposed to do that because we're supposed to be building each other up, right?
0: Right. Um. I think. Uh, I think we do. I'm not. I'm trying to. I'm trying to to not. To, to not open up a can of worms that's unnecessary, but I think
2: oh please do it.
0: I think in the I think in the American church specifically, um, and even more specifically in our faith tradition, we are so scared of using the words personal and emotional around worship, uh, and worship was has is designed to be both personal and emotional, um, but we're so scared of that, and I, I still to this day can't really I say and again. It's not a blanket statement, right? It's not every single person in America is afraid of emotional worship. The only reason I bring that up is because he makes the comment that, uh, you know, a worship song isn't a worship song just because it makes you cry, right? Like, I get that. However, and again, all of this with the caveat that we've already said a hundred times, we are not the object of worship. Worship is not about as much what we get out as what we put in. But worship is absolutely designed to be both personal and emotional. If you are not having a personal connection with God while you worship, if you are worshiping void of all motion, you are worshiping in vain, right? Which is exactly what Jesus told the Pharisees not to do. Um, So I don't, again, maybe that's a whole can of worms that isn't related to the video, but that's... Anyway, go ahead.
1: Uh, he says that just because it's not a worship song just because it makes you cry. Mm-hmm. We could also say it's not a worship song just because it makes you shout. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, you know, you I think it just goes back to what we looked at earlier. Like, is it biblical? Is it beneficial? I wish I had another B for my three <laughs> points, but.
0: Billy Smith would be so disappointed. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you
1: know. Maybe that'll be the third B. Is it Billy approved? And. Uh, for listeners who don't know Brother Billy, shame on you. Go go YouTube him. Oh, uh, my goodness. But, yeah, if, if it makes you shout, I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean. We, we have really gotten away. You're right, Nathan. We've really gotten away from uh, emotional connection in worship. I think that stems going way, way back, long before our parents were probably even thought about. When, oh, yeah. when the rise of emotionalism and in, in worship really took off in america um, particularly around the i would say the turn of the century turn of the 20th mm-hmm. century uh, with the rise of pentecostalism and other holiness movements but um and, and the 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 response of call us more conservative christians i don't i hate using terms like that but y'all know what i'm talking about Right has typically been to go so far in the other direction, yeah that we really missed the boat on the other extreme, you know but but I mean, think about it, like what do we do in worship i mean we're we're praising God for our salvation because without him, we would be lost and would be uh, destined for an eternity without him in a in a very very bad place um the fact that he had to give of his own self. Through a sacrificial death and the resurrection, uh, somebody died for you. You know, think about that. Uh, if you have, if you're getting shot at and someone jumps in front of you and takes the bullet, you're going to be emotional at that, right? You're going to attend the funeral. You're going to have memorial set up. You're going to set up scholarship funds uh, for that person's kids. Like you're going to live the rest of your life in light of that person taking that bullet for you. Why in the world? We don't treat our Lord and Savior in a similar way. I'll never understand. You know, he didn't have to do that, but he did. And that is an emotional thing. It should be.
0: Mm-hmm. Just,
1: when you see your own depravity next to God, it ought to make you emotional. It really should. And then when you see your own salvation because of God, that should make you emotional too. Now, using emotivism to get attention—that can be a problem. Which well, that's a that's, a, that's a that's that's whole other.
0: Well, that's that's a whole aspect of worship that we could we could get into in in, in such a way because again, I, I'm with you. I think the idea because we, if anybody shows emotion, period. I think in in, in again, I, I hate trying to generalize this, but in. In more conservative places, when you see somebody present emotion and it's countercultural to what is going on in said congregation or in said community, Mm -hmm. um, we just automatically assume, right, wrong, or indifferent, that they're looking for attention, right? Um, There's a reason at the risk of sounding like something I don't want to sound like. There's a reason that there is a predominant color in non emotional churches and a predominant color in emotional churches. And one finds it acceptable and the other one doesn't because there are two different cultures that exist within those churches that allows one to go, well, they're just looking for attention and allows one to go, that's how we should worship. Um, yeah. and, I don't, and I don't
1: think that, that either one is particularly right or wrong. You know, as long as it's sincere and out of a. Uh, a pure heart, you know, your response to the Lord and his message is your response. But yeah. to, to say that there should be no response really misses the point altogether.
0: Right. Um, yeah. So I, I think that's a, I think that's kind of a big issue. And I think that we try to keep things. And I think it points to kind of one of the hardest of his video is again, we're not the object. We're not supposed to be the reason that people have attention. Attention. Not supposed to be on us. It's supposed to be on God. I get all of that. So, the other thing that I want to talk about in this particular video is he references a song specifically um, and, and some of the lyrics by it. Now, the song is called Jaira. Uh, for those of you that have never heard it, um, Joshua Carter, the one you currently me on, Jaira is an Old Testament name for God, correct? hmm Yes. Okay. So the name itself basically is God. Like, that's the name of the song, basically. And he makes a couple of statements here, right? And he talks about how Gira, although it's a beautiful song, he doesn't believe that it should be a praise song because it turns the focus from God to us. And when you look at and you read, he references two, two particular references of lyrics, which I just pulled the lyrics up. And by the way, I had no idea there were that many lyrics in this song. Um, this is a really long song. I had no idea. Um, but now, again... Maybe this is just a translation issue, um, in the sense that maybe I've got the lyrics wrong here, or he accidentally misquoted the lyrics there. I'm not looking to attack anybody, um, but one of the problems that that he made the comment was was uh, Jira, the gyra uh, the 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 phrase there that "you are enough, so I am enough," right? Because it takes the focus off God and puts it on us, and it's one of these things that I was looking through these lyrics um before the video and and then now and it's one of those things well if i can find the one where he's trying to reference this um where he says you are enough and then i am enough it's not i am enough if i can find it which okay yeah so the lyric that i'm finding and maybe again maybe these lyrics aren't correct maybe his lyrics weren't correct but the lyric that i was finding and that i'm finding now is when it says jire you are enough you are enough so I am enough. The lyric that I'm finding is I will be enough. Which again could potentially be putting focus on us, but it could also be potentially focusing on what God has done and can do. Right? You also have this idea that you are a good, good father and I am loved by you. My my question to the both of you is this. And again, I'm not here to attack the song. I'm not even here to necessarily attack John the Angel and and what he believes should and shouldn't be included in worship. My my thing is is. What is wrong with finding our identity in God being enough for us and God loving us and, and God being a father and us finding our identity in our relationship with him and therefore singing about our relationship with him? Um, does the song jar actually make the focus on us or are we just acknowledging the relationship that we have, right? You are enough, therefore... I am enough, not because I'm actually enough, but because of the relationship I have with you, I can be, I will be enough, right? You are enough for me. You are a good father and you're loved by me. What's wrong with having my identity and being loved by God? Um, and if there's nothing wrong with that, why should I not be able to sing about it? Now, again, there's a lot of information there. I could potentially be misinterpreting the lyrics of Elevation Worship, um, but just I want you guys' thoughts on that
2: uh i mean to me there even what he said in the video wouldn't have been a problem i I don't i don't see how um like and, and the rest of the song there's another part that says i'm already loved i'm already chosen i know who i am i know what you've spoken i'm already loved more than i can imagine um that's putting while that is saying yes i'm loved yes i'm chosen that's saying because of what god has done for me right it's not saying anything i've done it's saying right. I'm already this way. I don't, mm-hmm. God's already done it for me, so why? It's not anything I'm doing. Um, so to me, yeah, I think there's no difference, yeah. and I just think,
0: yeah. Well, okay. So I think the I think the the issue that he takes is again going back to his definition of what a praise song is, and I'm just I'm we're working through this together, right? When he says that it should be about what God has done and not just what God has done for us. I think that's the problem that he has. I think when you start talking, I think, again, a lot of thinking here, um, which if you know <laughs> me is kind of a dangerous concept, but um, I think his issue is is the for us part, right? Are we becoming the focus of the song because we're focusing on what God did for us as opposed to just what God did? Um well, I, so
1: my ahead, my Charles. question is, my question is, has God done anything in general that not for us? That's not for us. Yeah. yeah.
0: Like even so, even from the beginning, right? I mean, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's that's my hang up. Like,
2: and it seems to miss the point too. That, um, and we've kind of talked about this, but we haven't dug into it. That worship is not just what we're doing a couple hours a week on a Sunday. Yeah. Um the culmination of our life should be a worship and a praise to God. So I think that's just missing I think pinpointing it down to that misses the scope of what worship should be, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, the well the the whole just going back to the actual song, like
0: mm-hmm.
1: um the, the name of the song is is it Jehovah Jireh? That's Is that the song, the name of yeah, the song? Yeah, the song
0: is just, well, okay, depending on where you look up, the song that I have is just called Jireh. Okay. Song by Elevation Worship yeah. and, and Maverick City Music. Okay. Which I think Maverick City Music is just Elevation Worship's personal recording label. Okay. Well, I could thi- be wrong this that. is,
1: I, I don't know, this is kind of a minor point, but this is something that a lot of what I would consider worship songs um, or spiritual songs. Kind of run the risk of doing so. That comes from uh, Genesis twenty two fourteen, where Abraham, after not offering Isaac and mm-hmm. has the ram caught in the bush, names the place Adonai, or in Hebrew, I guess it would be Yahweh because it's the name mm-hmm. of God. So Yahweh, uh, Yahweh. So that's uh, the 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 Lord provides, right? Right. Which not is. Really.
0: Yeah, that's, that's the the name of the song is supposed to be, according according to Elevation Worship, the name of the song was inspired by God will provide. Yeah, yeah, like that's that's what Jive is supposed to mean. Well, it there. would
1: be will provide because it's a it technically would be the future tense in English, but it's um the the issue homework. that I I guess I take with these kinds of songs is they take one thing from one passage, completely ignore the context of that thing, and because it sounds pretty, they put it to their own theological beat, if you will. So, yeah. you know, when when Abraham is saying the Lord will provide, are we talking there about the, the the sheep? Well, maybe in the immediate context, but you go back to Genesis 15 and God said, I'm going to make you, well, Genesis 12, and then reaffirmed in Genesis 15, uh, I'm going to make you the father of a great nation. And Abraham had to struggle with, if I kill this son, how is that promise going to be fulfilled? Well, regardless of what my faith can see now, God will provide.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, we're talking there about providing a promise, a divine promise. And so, if you're going to use that uh, in, in its context and form of worship, should we not be talking about how God provides the promise of salvation? He provides the promise of heaven or eternal life. You know, the the this
0: these which kind again, of which again is all all something that He did for us, right? So does, well, that yeah. make, is it, does that make the focus us again? Or is that – see the rabbit hole that we run down when you start talking about this sort of stuff? I can do all things through a verse taken out of context. Well, yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Very much so. I'm sorry.
0: I'm a bad person.
1: <laughs> well, you know, that's why we do this podcast, because people can do all things with a verse taken out of context.
0: It's true. It's very true. Um, but, no, I, I think that's a great point. I, I really do. I think that that's one of those things that um, – I think we miss oftentimes, and it it kind of goes back to something you said at the very beginning, Joshua. I think oftentimes, and and I do appreciate where he comes from in this regard, because I think there is a point that he's trying to make here. I think oftentimes we don't ever think about what we're singing. Um, I think oftentimes when we're going through worship, uh, and again, this could be a whole other canon issue that we don't need to necessarily uh, unwrap. But I think so often we don't ever pay attention to what we're doing. Uh, And I can appreciate where he comes from in the sense that God is the object of our worship. And if God is the object of our worship, we ought to be paying attention to what we're doing. Um, But it got to go back again, connecting that to what Carter said. Everything that we do, we should be paying attention to what we're doing because everything that we do is supposed to be a praise and direction toward God. Um, Our whole life is... And I got to be careful when I say this. Our whole life is about being a worshiper of God, right? Our whole life is not necessarily worship, uh, in the sense that we talk about it on Sundays. In the sense that if I'm I'm singing a song while I'm driving down the road, it's not necessarily worshiping God. Uh, you know, when I play golf or basketball or whatever, but everything that I do directs people to uh, the standard by which I live or the standard by which I try to live. Let me put it that way, right? Cause I don't ever come close to reaching that standard all the time. Um, but it's, it's one of those things. I don't think that just because we slip into, I think, all right. So here, here's, here's where I think things change, right? You've got the whole image, right? And God is the focus of that whole image, I don't think if just because I might slip in and out of focus with God doesn't make something invalid when it comes to my worship, right? If I am in focus with God, God is still in focus. I'm just also there with him, right? Like, if you've done photography, you kind of understand what I'm talking about. Where when you're fixated on a particular object, it's focused, the camera's focused on it, the background is blurry. And then when something else enters that frame, it refocuses to where now there's two subjects instead of one. Just because now, if I make myself the only focus, I think you lose track of what you're trying to do when you're worshiping, right? Um, but I think that, that your worship focus, your focus of worship, however you want to phrase that, can be God and you and others simultaneously. And I think there's actually probably more of a biblical argument to worship in said way than solely focused on God. I'm not saying that there's not a place to solely focus on God, but when you break down the way the Bible describes each of the components that we use to worship, nearly all, if not all of those, focus on others as well as God, as well as ourself. Whether it's communion, whether it's offering, whether it's praying, whether it's singing, uh, whether it's you know the studying of the Bible, everybody is impacted by your worship. And so I don't think you can say, well, if you're in focus, then your worship is invalid. It has no place there. Um, again, I do think that the heart of the issue with this guy is saying is the same, that if you are the object, if you are the focus, uh, you're you're falling short in, in some capacity for sure.
1: Yeah, I think we all would realize that we have to be in second place, you know uh, it, there I think though there is a and maybe I'm splitting hairs or maybe this guy isn't splitting hairs enough, <laughs> but there there is a there is a, a way in which especially in singing, if we are the center or if we are the focus or whatever you want to say because of things that God has done for us, that is not praising ourselves because we're not the source of those things, right? So uh, just because a song may have the word I, we, or us doesn't mean that the focus is completely off of god and, and i think that the best the, the best thing that we could say to people who are kind of curious about this or or maybe even we have listeners that are song leaders and thinking like well you know what should i what should i do because i want to you know help my congregation praise effectively um well study the song
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: study the song and you know keep keep the third verse in a four-verse song <laughs> you know, there, there can be some good theology in the third verse.
0: Yeah, but if it's a twenty-seven verse song like "Just as I Am," then oh, maybe goodness. you can. No, I'm just kidding.
1: Um, Explain what an ebon pinion is before you sing it. That's all I ask.
0: <laughs> or an Ebenezer? Yeah, <laughs> you're raise my Ebenezer. That's another and good.
1: It, one. It, it's not a Disney character that that is selfish.
0: Oh man. Uh, well, guys, what what other thoughts do you have here? Cause like I said, I'm, I'm running out of thoughts, honestly.
2: I mean, it seems like we all what pretty much got, agree, right? It- I,
0: well, and that's, that's, it's really kind of ironic about these things, right? Like Joshua and I, not that we try to find somebody that we know is going to openly disagree. We've talked about it just, just so everybody knows. Um, we have very much considered finding a topic that we know somebody openly disagrees on uh, with us just for the sake of having a conversation from opposite sides of said aisle, um, let me scroll through
2: y'all's topics real fast. I'm sure I'll find something. Right.
0: So, uh, th- well, honestly, one of the issues is, is that most of the people that we know openly disagree with us, we don't have, uh, a super close personal relationship with any of said people. Right. Yep. Um, it- it's one of those things that it's, it would, it would definitely be a guest thing. We don't want anybody to feel overly intimidated or that we're attacking them because like I said, there is two of us. Generally there would only be one of them. um, but no, I, I think Carter's right. I think most of us do probably agree on the idea that, look, we're not the object of worship, right? I mean, we we are not the sole focus of, of what worship and praise is supposed to be. Um, and I think as long as we remember that, this is why this is such a tricky topic, too. Uh, and I'll let either one of you elaborate if you want to. The reason it's such a tricky topic is because worship is so, so intimately and closely tied to the heart, right? Um, and, we don't have x-ray goggles, right? Like we don't get to see what's going on in somebody's heart. Now, a lot of times what's going on in your heart spills out into your worship, right? So if nothing's coming out in your worship, if you're passed out in the pew, generally speaking, your heart's probably not in it. And I'm not sure to judge what you, what, what happened the night before, right? Like I'll just be honest. Sunday morning, came back from the Tennessee game, got rear-ended on the interstate, didn't get into bed till 1:32 o'clock in the morning. Sunday morning was a struggle. I'll just be honest, it was. I'm not judging anybody for that, but we don't always know what's going on in somebody's heart when it comes to their worship. Uh, And I think that, again, while we all kind of acknowledge that God is the object, it's very difficult to start making these concrete, very definitive statements about what is and what is not acceptable um, when it comes to the way that we worship uh, and the way that we praise God.
1: Yeah, I quoted earlier, uh, I meant to quote Hebrews 10, 25, I was off by five verses. I think I said Hebrews 10.30 or something. But.
0: What a loser.
1: Well, hey, I've been translating <laughs> the book of Hebrews, so give me a break. Oh, um, good. I so, double
0: down on my what a loser. <laughs> I'm just kidding.
1: Well, okay, so Hebrews 10.25, typically translated don't forsake or don't neglect or something like that, um, the assembling of yourselves together. I've yet to find where that limits itself to the corporate worship service. Um, you know, you're the assembling of yourselves together is the assembling of yourselves together. So when Christians right. want to get together, you don't need to, to forsake that. Um, and, and I think I, I haven't done a word study for, for the Greek word, so I may be pushing this a little bit. But if we take forsake, which I know that's one English gloss for this Greek word, but so is neglect or whatever. It typically refers to an emotional abandonment. Like God says, "I will never leave you or forsake you." Well, leave mm-hmm. is physical; forsake is emotional. You can be sitting in the pew yeah. and forsake the assembly, right? If you are, yeah. if you are cognitively, emotionally withdrawn from that worship service, then we have problems. You know, yeah. um, I, I mentioned it in a sermon several years ago. And I got torn up one side and down the other, so I probably won't do it again. But this isn't a sermons podcast, so buckle I up. do it again. <laughs> do well, it again. I just said if you came today and you are forsaking the assembly from the pew, you might as well have stayed home.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, you're, you're punching the time card does not make effective worship.
0: There's a whole other can of worms there that I could open um, that I'm not going to. This is not the time nor the place. However, because I... extra right, so, credit for
1: attending a, a gospel meeting.
0: <laughs> right, right. Okay, so I get where you're coming from. I really do. But here, here's my thing. This is this is the statement that I made that I got torn to pieces for. Uh, there are times in life, again, I, I don't say that people should just live their whole life going through the motions, right? You're forsaking these things while you're there. However, there are times in life where all you have the ability to do is muster up the strength to go through the motions, and I still think you should do that. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah. I got in trouble for that that. too. So, I mean, see, see, I'm going to, Josh, one of these days we're going to, we're going to disagree. Carter and I disagree on some stuff. We need to have him back on. (laughs) (laughs) We sure do.
1: He sounds very confident in his disagreement.
2: (laughs) Well, we, that was like our joke for the first few months. Nathan was working there was we were trying to find stuff that we disagreed with and then it eventually came out. So that's fine.
0: True story. So like I said, Carter, like I said, when you work with somebody, you, you, you find out all the things that they, you do and don't agree on. Um, so it's, it's all pretty interesting, but, uh, the beautiful thing of,
1: of our brotherhood and and what we have here is that we can disagree and leave still loving and respecting each other. That's what we want this podcast to be. You know, we we love and respect the people in the videos and our guests and, and our listeners, you know, our listeners may disagree. That's five percent.
0: You are you are always more than welcome to disagree with anything that we say. Uh, we just ask that you reach out to us and explain why you disagree, because, um, mm-hmm. like I said, those are the only way you have productive conversations. Uh, it drives me absolutely insane that uh, unity has come to mean uniformity. Yeah. Mm. Um, I, but again, the whole other podcast for another time. Um, we should make t shirts to- and, and put that on t T-shirt. The uni- Unity doesn't mean uniformity. Yeah, make uh,
1: content warning T-shirts and have slogans on the back. <laughs> With, Swiss uh, cheese, theology. Swiss, yeah, we'll
0: just have a piece of Swiss <laughs> cheese on it. Yeah. Uh, so, any anything else you guys want to hit before we head out?
2: I, I think we hit it all. I, I just I didn't know where we were going to take the conversation, so I just wanted to really hammer home worship isn't just the hour on Sunday or whatever. But so, hundred
0: yes, percent, we're good. Hundred um, percent. Well, guys, if that's it, man, thank you so much for being on Carter. Uh, this is the first time that we've ever uh, dealt with somebody that's a full like two hours difference from us, right? So mm. I think the furthest we ever had was Dean. Yeah, um, Dean was he was only an he was Eastern time, so right. Mm. So Carter's over there in the was it Mountain Standard? Is that what you're on now? Yeah, Mountain, but Whatever like it is. Mountain Western. Arizona,
2: most of our state doesn't do daylight savings time, so. Sometimes we're two guess. hours behind. Sometimes we're one. Very weird.
0: Okay, I got you. All right. So, well, anyway, appreciate you being on, Carter. Uh, it was great to to see and hear from you again. Um, as always, if you have anything that you want us to talk about, if you found a video that you think, hey, this would be interesting, I, I want to hear their take on it. Send it to us. Um, you can you can comment on a video that we've got. Reach out to me or Joshua individually. Um, we love having and taking suggestions from you all as far as what topics are concerned. Uh, if you're ever in West Tennessee, come check me out. Uh, hear me. Give uh, me a cup of coffee, man. I don't. I don't care. You don't have to just be swinging through on a Sunday. Just come, sit down and chat. I'm um, at the Troy Church of Christ 99% of the time. The other 10, to, the other 1% of the time, um, yeah. I know my math's not very good. <laughs> yeah, 99% of the time at the church. The other 20% um, at uh, Higher Ground Coffee. Uh, so if you're ever in Middle Tennessee, uh, Murfreesboro area is where you find Joshua. Uh, and if you're ever in Phoenix, Arizona, you might have to do a little bit more digging, uh, but Carter will be there somewhere. Uh, somewhere. There's like 102,000 other people um, in, in just like the five-mile radius from around Canyon. <laughs> so, uh, but any any chance you guys get to check us out, we would appreciate it. And Anything that you guys have for us, we l- would love to hear from you as well. Uh, if that's all, until next time.